right, welcome back to another episode of Mormon Expression. I am your host, Lindsay. I'm not John. I am here sitting in for John, who is in lovely San Francisco, having what appears to be a good time. And uh, so I'm going to be guest hosting today, and I apologize in advance for that. But I have brought on a fun panel. I think this is the most faithful panel that has ever assembled in the den of iniquity. Uh, I hope you guys can feel the spirit emanating from the panel. Even though I'm wearing a tank top, I still feel like the spirit's in here. I'm going to introduce our panelists, and then we're going to talk about the news. Um, I have Misha McGriggs, who is... Uh, I don't know what your exact title is at BYU. What is... So I'm a PhD student in counseling psychology. I work at the counseling center as a therapist. And yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. And you're born in Arizona and you come from Pioneer Heritage. Your dad is a black convert and you consider yourself active, but sort of unorthodox. So we have an active member in the house. Everyone put your beers away. (laughs) No, keep them out. Keep them out. (laughs) And then we have Jacob Baker, who is another active Mormon. Uh, Jacob is also working towards a PhD in philosophy of religion and theology at Claremont Graduate University. And instructional, you're an instructional designer in Salt Lake City. Yes, that's correct. Good. Thank you. And uh, you occasionally blog on the internet. Sometimes this has happened. Yes. Good. Well, welcome. And then we have Jack Waters, who is bringing the apostate cred to the table. That's right. He has long hair and a beard, so uh, I think we're like we're Jesus. Safe. Yeah. yeah, like Jesus, only with a beard. I don't think Jesus had a blue moon. He had wine. Proof that he did wine. Oh, that's right. Jesus did Jeez, drink Lindsay. wine, which was really grape juice, but that's more okay. Like blue Crescent Moon. So blue crescent. Jack Waters uh, co-created the Beehive Bugle website with Greg Wilcox, later Rob Steffen joined them. And it's a Utah-based satire website modeled after The Onion, but it's for Mormonism. So it's called The Beehive Bugle. You're from Little Rock, Arkansas, but you grew up in Pleasant Grove. I'm sorry. Yeah, I went to high school in Pleasant Grove. But I grew up in Arkansas when my dad went to law school out there. It's basically the same thing. So, And you're going to UVU and... You are a Mormon, but you don't attend. Correct? Yeah, I don't attend, and my parents keep trying, of course. Oh, good. That's why we've got you here They're tonight. great. I love them, though. And, of course, I'm Lindsay. I've been on the podcast and before. And the crowd. Welcome, Jack's parents. So, before we get into the topic, let's go over the news for the last uh, week. I did not listen to John's news report, so I don't know if he's covered any of this, but... Do we want to talk about Huntsman really quick? I think that was like two weeks ago, but... What happened with that? Misha, bring us in. Uh, so, uh, I, I don't know his first name, if it's just John Huntsman Sr. Or we'll call him Grandpa Huntsman. Um, basically, he came out and the article came out in the Tribune and just said that tithing is not philanthropy. It's not a charitable donation. And to, to think when people say, well, I give to my church, so I'm not going to whatever give to X, Y, or Z charity. That's, that's not the same thing. He basically equated tithing to, um, country club dues or fees, basically your membership. It's like Costco. Oh no, uh, he didn't. He did. He did. So, um, yeah, I just thought that was really interesting. I thought it was great. And I think it's something for people to think about. People may just say, oh, well, he's dementing. Don't worry about him. But um, I think it was pretty interesting and telling of his view about tithing for sure. Yeah, that came on the heels of a list of each state's highest 
philanthropy person, and he was by far Utah's uh, most philanthropic person. And he said that that did not include everything he does for the church because he just, like you said, membership dues. Do you hear that, Mitt Romney? You got to up your game. (laughs) Huntsman is schooling you when it comes to building temples. And speaking of building temples and money, a business insider reported that globally Mormon temples and meeting houses are worth how anyone want to make a guess? Twenty eight bazillion billion dollars. Thirty five billion dollars. That's as of two thousand twelve, so I don't know if they counted the new Ogden redesign, which is also on our news list there. So they have a great article about that. They say that annually the church um gets about six point fourteen million more than any other religion. No, that's not right. What does that mean? Hold on. I that has to be billion. Thing. They get six billion annually. Six billion an- annually from tithing in America alone. So just so you know, that doesn't count as charity, according to Huntsman. And then also on our news, uh, there was a fair conference. I so wish John was here right now. But uh, did you guys attend? Did any of you guys attend the fair I conference? I could not this year. No. I also did not attend. I was... We are the right people to talk about this then. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. uh, Let us comment on this. I have seen it on the Facebook, and there seemed to be some drama going down with Dan Peterson. Oh, that's a big surprise. Dan Uh, Peterson, famous apologist, he he gave a rant about uh, Mormon apologetics and the Book of Abraham, apparently. I did not hear it, so I could be wrong about that. But if you want Mormon gossip, you can look that up. Will do. Uh, I, th- I think Dan Peterson updated his Facebook photo on a Nokia phone because if you click on it, it's like that small. And so it's highly pixelated. Are you trying to say that Dan Peterson is behind the times? Because... I, I'm just, well, you, so, yes. <laughs> also at the fair conference was Sharon Eubank. Um, she's from the LDS Church. She was in the presidency, the Relief Society presidency, before they switched it. And she's still over the humanitarian department. And she said something that made a lot of news. She said that um, the church is the most expansive and empowering organization for women in the world. However, faith practices don't always match its preachings. Her quote is, as a daughter of God, I have divine parents. I belong to a household of God. Nothing can separate me from communication with my heavenly parents. They don't put anyone in between them and me. And she said heavenly parents. So the blogger knuckle went wild because <laughs> she said heavenly parents because there are some Mormon feminists who have lost their temple recommends for praying to heavenly parents. So everyone was wondering if she would lose her temple recommend. Did she also um, do a prayer to heavenly parents? She did not. Oh. I guess the distinction is important. Um, she she was asked about ordaining women in the Q&A, and she said, quote, We need a way to describe the female contribution to priesthood. We are a faith community of priests and priestesses. We need a way to talk about that. It's kind of a big deal. Hmm. And let's see what else. Oh, uh, and then the last thing was a headline made that LDS Church was chipping in $100,000 in goods to be sent to northern Iraq to aid Christians escaping the military assault of the rad- radical Islam Islamic State group. So um, Sharon Eubank, the one that spoke at the fair conference, said, quote, these funds will be made to buy oil, beans, rice, and bedding. 
So that's exciting. I don't the really essentials. <laughs> the essentials, so they can stack up on their food storage. Isn't it great to be back in Iraq? <laughs> more, more energy to run. I just see this as like a testament that the church is like spreading throughout all the earth. Mm-hmm. The Mormon Expression Podcast is a listener-supported production. Visit our website, mormonexpression.com, to tip John Swearjar or become a subscriber and help keep the show running. Thank you very much. We can't do it without you. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about, I brought on uh, this panel, and I'm going to need help from the audience to like bring it down to the apostate level again. Like The swear jar is hauntingly empty here. Yeah, I was actually told legends about this swear jar, and yeah. I was quite disappointed to see how empty. It is. Well, it's because I'm hosting. John's not here to drop some really inappropriate terms, but... And you guys, I don't really see you guys ponying up, so it's on you guys tonight. And if you're at home, you too can curse at home. We failed our pre-screening. I, I only have plastic. For those of you I'm that sorry. here. Yeah, yeah. So tonight we're going to talk about... She kept trying uh, to bait us, and we just refused. What Mormons find funny. So I brought some Mormons on to talk about Mormon humor, um, because I have heard that Mormons think they're really funny. And I'm going to start out with a joke, Okay. You ready for this? I had to look this up. I'm not ready. Why were the Lamanites' legs sore? Wait for it. Because of all the Nephites. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, it's, it, that's, that's a great joke. That's a good one to You're set You're going to add in a rim shot later, right? Be ready, be ready for things to come. So, let's start talking about this. Let's talk about... Um, how we can determine like Mormon funny versus just regular funny. Like what makes something a Mormon joke other than it's about Mormonism? I, I, I don't know if this will wholly describe it, but one of the finer tweets that Rob Delaney on Twitter uh, posted during the election was Mitt Romney ostensibly watching Star Wars and seeing Jar Jar Binks and saying fabulous or this is terrific. And I think that nails down Mormon humor. It's it's this so racism, right? Pretty much. <sighs> yes. Okay. Yeah. It... Jar Jarism. What? I, uh... Jar Jarism. Yes. Yes. No. Continue. I didn't mean to I, I, xenophobia. I feel it's a very sanitized, safe version of humor. Like they're really into jokes that anyone can get. I'm sure many of them are mourning Robin Williams, but they certainly have never heard his actual stand-up, which oh, I'm seeing a lot of like would so appall them. We are taping this like in the wake He's of great. Robin Williams' passing, and so it's all over Facebook. And so I don't mean to make light of that at all, but I have seen all my Mormons friends like they're they're all posting the genie from Aladdin, like that's what they're quoting, which is great. I love the genie. The genie's fantastic, but it's like. Uh, his best stuff were like yeah. on the late night shows, yeah. right? And they were, and that was clean compared to what he did privately. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Mormons find Disney really funny. Yeah, they Disneyland was seemingly made for them, <laughs> and I think that's why they're still in business. I seriously, <laughs> I love Disneyland, so I can't really comment on that. I just feel like I'm complicit in that culture, so. Yes, uh, my thing is, I hear the term clean a lot, like clean humor, <laughs> clean. And I know this is not a Mormon term, but, uh, I had a brother-in-law that's, he's 
he liked Dumb and Dumber and, you know, all your standard shows, but he became a bishop. And so now his term is he won't watch anything unless it's squeaky clean. And I just think nerd every time he says that because it's squeaky clean. So, um, yeah. So if we were to, to distinguish, I guess, between like, what is it that makes Mormons, um, like things that are, that are clean and sanitized? Does it come from our culture? Like, more so than say an evangelical or or any other religious person. Well, I think um, not offending the spirit would maybe be something that people would say. Like, does it offend the spirit? And so, family friendly is what comes to mind. I don't know if if anyone has been to uh, comedy sports in Provo, but that I mean, they have a, a big part of the show that's like technical foul or something that they do when someone says something that's just even maybe a PG-13. Maybe what even count? PG. I would just want to see what would be an offensive to Mormons. Like if we say <sighs> boobs. Uh, that, yeah, that would probably, that would get you the big, the big technical foul. Oh, the big one. Yeah. The big one. The oh. big one. And they put like a bag over your head. If you, if you do something inappropriate, one of the performers does. That's the right? They have the... They have, yeah, so... Well, let's go even further than that. I mean, saying butt instead of bum or bottom would be... My parents yeah, say... My mom. Distinction. I mean, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of a social marker, right? Like, um, it, I think it's kind of anchored to this image that, um, Mormonism is a particular it's friendly to a particular kind of family. Uh, and one of the markers of that is this quote unquote squeaky clean humor. I was reading the desert news, uh, and they were listing all of the quote unquote clean comedians that had come to Utah. Um, and they wanted to kind of get a list. So they had like Brian Regan and Jim Gaffigan and they're all like talking about family comics. and parents. They're not talking about family. They're just simply are comedians that don't swear. swear. We're talking and, about sex. So swearing. Swearing and is like vulgarity the big, and the things big of that thing. nature. Yeah. Swearing's huge. Sure. Absolutely. I mean, most Mormons that my family's very faithful, but they love Braveheart and Saving Private Ryan and Tommy Boy and all these other things. But swearing is a no no, but violence is I guess okay. Oh yeah, yeah. That's what I wanted to talk about. When I grew up I grew up on like really racist jokes, right? But they were funny because they were racist and they were not racist against me. They were racist against everybody else. <laughs> and, uh, we thought that those were great. And then violence against women is super hilarious and, uh, just violence in general. But yeah, if, but the minute it has, it has the F word in there. Oh man. And someone was asking the other day, like, what is it about, you know, like these worthy priesthood holders that go to church and are like, yeah, porn is bad, but Game of Thrones is okay. And I was like, Mormons are hypocrites. <laughs> That's who we are. That's like what we do really well. So I think, I think for me, the big thing is the swears. Swear. Is there any other sort of qualifiers that make something not funny? Too much, too much sex, I think. I would say any sex. Yeah, probably. Yeah, any any sexy time. If, if you amount. even say sex, like, Right. Yeah, Not the clinical funny. terms are almost even more off limits. Unless you you're say calling penis. someone like a dick, then <laughs> that's hilarious, John Larson. I... <laughs> Body shame. Anyway, um, yeah. So, sex. Uh, how about drugs? Mm. 
There are go into the bar jokes. Like Mormons will say, I've heard Mormons say like, two guys went into a bar and then whatever, whatever. But I don't know about like illegal drugs. How how that? I don't think we have enough context to understand what we're talking about when we make drug jokes. Yeah. Yeah, I think they give them in this broad, sweeping generalization term. But at least most most faithful Mormons I know, if you talk about drugs, they're all the same and they all do the same things. And if you drink a beer, then you're an alcoholic. And so they, because of that, they refuse to even take a step down that path. Toward, yeah, I'm looking at Pinterest right now, and there's a meme that says, it shows a CTR ring, and it says, choose the Sprite when a Coke is placed before you. That about sums her up. <laughs> but what's interesting about the, the drug thing is addiction is code word for porn, not oh, really yeah. for drugs. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, right. if you get into a contextual conversation, then that could be qualified. And they say, oh, yeah, heroin addiction, whatever. But in the Mormon sphere the word addiction carries that kind of cultural weight that it's a sexual, uh, particularly image-based uh, sort of addiction. Not not even necessarily a addiction to actual sex, but addiction to yeah. visual consumption. And maybe just habitual use. Maybe not even an addiction. Just See, and that's what's ironic to me, hearing that people, faithful people, I this is such a Mormon term, justify Game of Thrones, because... I know people that feel like they are addicted to pornography because they like watching Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones is pretty, I mean, I've heard it described as like a 14-year-old wrote the sex scenes, you know, because they're pretty... uh... Or a 55-year-old, you know. Sure, but I just, I like, I I don't even have the language because I'm so Mormon to describe this, but it's very, Game of Thrones is very sexualized as compared to like Orange is the New Black, right? Where it's more bodies. I mean, that still has its problems, but I think that. Yeah, but it's not. Do is you the think phrase it's sexualized? you're looking for flagrant, flagrant it's lasciviousness? Le- <laughs> you know what? That's a good point. Someone from the audience it's just said safe. it's lesbian, so it's all right. I do think that Mormons have a bigger tolerance for girls kissing than they do for guys kissing. Definitely. Oh, sure. I mean, the the prohibition against homosexuality is very much rooted in in the fear of anal sex. I mean, oh my gosh. there's no doubt about that. That it, should count for like a quarter, out? right? That, that's Mormon? at least that's at least a Lincoln right there. That's a that's at least a Lincoln coming from me. I feel like all the sex. No, like sir, the I'm, word I'm serious. Sex, it's, like that's, somebody is listening to this with their little child in the room, and they're like, "Mommy, what right, is anal right, that's sex?" Happening. <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've got a, Lindsay has a lot of fantasies about who listens to this. Apparently, I do. I've got a story on this. It doesn't get to that level, but it's almost field work in that. Uh, like I said, I go to Utah Valley University, and they hold this silly thing where they copied from Utah State about becoming a true Wolverine, and you just gather in the courtyard and kiss at whatever midnight or whatever, and two girls kissed, and I was there reporting on this did everybody cheer everybody cheered of course they're hooting they're hollering yeah so i'm there reporting on it i I worked on the newspaper and my friend i won't name his name because i don't know if he would want to say this but i i said let's go see if we get the same reaction so he walked up and then i ran up and did the same thing and they started booing and i thought we were going to get jumped (laughs) But not in that way. But in a totally different way. <laughs> but luck. I mean, 
I look semi intimidating, so I'm I'm glad that didn't happen. But I looked was, enough like Jesus that yeah, they left me alone. It was it was an interesting contradiction, and I think that's very true. That it's it's safe when it's pretty girls kissing, but uh. but that's also I think a wider cultural thing. I mean, even oh, sure. even lesbian sex on television is heterosexualized from a male. Well, point and of view I would say Mormons very don't, often don't like. I remember when Ellen came out, like, our family was like, that's it. We're not watching Ellen anymore. She's gay. You know, and there was nothing, like, gay about her show at all. There was nothing. She was just Ellen, you know. So I think, I think, I don't know. Gay in Mormonism is not funny unless it's a pejorative. Like, you're calling somebody gay. Then it's hilarious, you know. And I remember, um, I remember using that word and the F word in high school all the time like it was just funny and when i was in young women's we had a lot of youth that still said that like that's so gay he's a fag and and i just remember being like no guys you can't do that's horrible so i think it's actually still pretty pervasive even as the generations are becoming more accept accepting another thing i i think that i've noticed is the sort of like mormons are into in-group out-group you know like humor like we are we're hilarious and those guys are her and apostates are hilarious if they're outsiders if that makes any sense uh, i was going to say that i feel like what a lot of mormons find funny or it's kind of just avoiding things that make them uncomfortable and not necessarily they even find it humorous it's just that it's more of a relief like oh so glad he's not talking about sex or sexuality <laughs> or anything like that. So I feel like like a lot of Mormons are like suppressing their real sense of humor in order to feel comfortable and not feel like they're being confronted with things that make them uncomfortable like that, which I always notice like when I attended church and my friends made you know, uncomfortable jokes. Like, deep down, I thought that was funny. Like, I thought that was, you know, if it was, like, true, I would, like, you know, laugh on the inside, but I wouldn't laugh on the outside because I'd be like, oh. Because you're a lady. Me. That's right. I'm a woman. No, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I actually experienced that same phenomenon, but in a different way. So I grew up with a, like, there were like, four girls in my neighborhood and, like, 16 boys and we all just ran around together and of course they had dirty mouths so i could hang you know i could be one of the the guys but they would say horrifically sexist and like racist and just dirty naughty stuff and i would too because i would fit in and i had no idea what half of it meant i kid you not so here's my anecdote she still doesn't it's true it's true it's embarrassing how it it sneaks up on me but I was at Utah State, and it was when Napster was a big deal. You know, you could, like, <laughs> find a song yeah. and download something. And Napster. so we were all as roommates. Like we would punch in our name and, like, download a, a song that had to do with our name. So I, I typed in Lindsay and I downloaded this song. Aww. And it, it was about Lindsay Wagner, the bionic woman, right? And the song went, Lindsay, jack me off with your bionic arm. I didn't know what that meant. Like, I knew it was funny because, like, I knew jack-off jokes were funny. And, like, somewhere in my mind, I knew that it had to do with sex, but I really didn't know what it was. And so I remember I would play that song for everybody. Like, the home teachers would come. Like, our student home teachers would be like, you got to listen to this song. It's hilarious. And everybody would laugh. And I'd be like, yeah, it's really funny. I played it for my grandma. I played it for my parents. <laughs> and it wasn't I'm, – I'm not making this up. It wasn't until I was married – I She's was like, what have I up. done? <laughs> like, oh my gosh, that's what it means. Like, I just didn't know. Like, I knew all the jokes. I knew what was funny. I knew what to say, but I didn't really know, like, 
what it meant. If that makes any sense. Good thing your name wasn't Nikki, the darling <laughs> Nikki song by Prince. <laughs> oh yeah. See, and that's the thing. When it. I listened to those songs, like I didn't know what they meant. I I knew that they were naughty, but I didn't know like <laughs> I didn't know what they meant. Yeah. So Yeah, I, I think the point you made about um humor kind of serving as in group, out group social markers is just as important as relief, like like you said before, relief that you know, it wasn't a vulgar joke, so I'm going to laugh at it. Um, the the laughing at non-funny jokes is, in a sense, the signal to others in a, in a particular group that you're one of them, right? And if you're subversive and you find dirty jokes funny or jokes that the wider culture has, has adopted, um, then you're not one of this kind of in-group elite who isn't going to say – but they're going to say bum and it wasn't going to laugh at dirty jokes and they're only going to watch PG rated movies, et cetera. Well, and I actually, I think let's talk about South Park for a minute because I remember South Park is kind of like edgy and a lot of ex worms love South Park, but a lot of Mormons like South Park. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And Lloyd. I mean, I could, I could do a whole episode on South Park <laughs> and the feminist issues with South Park. But since I'm not bringing up <laughs> rape and privilege tonight, I will not talk about that. <laughs> However, I think that that's one of those markers. If you, like, if you're a guy and you're home from your mission and you're making a South Park joke, everyone's like, he's a good Mormon, but he's cool. He's cool. But if you were to tell us out, like, a joke, like, hey, did you watch South Park? And someone was like, that's not funny. I would know, like, I don't want to hang out with that guy. That guy's boring, you know? So I think it, I think it is a cultural marker to tell us like, and Mormons use that. They, we do this with all kinds of media and stuff. We have just enough to show that we're edgy, you know? But if we were to like talk about that in the context of church or the scriptures, they'd be like, no, 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 no. It, for example, the famous Joseph Smith episode, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That one episode. All about the Mormons. <laughs> the one all about the Mormons. <laughs> That's actually how I met Lloyd Erickson, by the way. Really? Yeah. Because anyway, I got home from my mission and I just wanted to be a Mormon scholar. So I was kind of jumping around the blogosphere or the tab, whatever it's called, bloggernacle. And I liked what he, I liked the way he presented himself because he liked South Park and Tool and, you know, things like that. that You're like, he's a cool Mormon. That where I was a <laughs> post-mission rebel listening to. And so... um he was at UVU and I hadn't seen that episode yet, but had heard about it on my mission. He burned a copy for me. I met him and we lived happily ever after. I was his best man at his wedding. Oh, South Park bringing so people South together. South Park brought us together. One Mormon at a time. <laughs> no, I think like, so South Park is famous for, they make fun of everything, right? And that's how I think Mormons justify it. Like, it's okay. They say really offensive things about us. Like, it's cool because they say that about the Jews. So it's cool. And I think, I think that that's why people like South Park. I, I would be interested if anyone even in the audience has had any experience with like a faithful believing Mormon seeing the Book of Mormon musical. Because I, I have. Yeah. You have. Mm -hmm. What was your impression? Um, so not going to name names because it could get risky for this person. Um, but very faithful believing, um, church employed person. Um, uh, saw it and and loved it he and his wife went and 
just thought it was fantastic. They thought it was classically a good musical, and they thought, yeah, it's a little irreverent, but they just a little. They irreverent. they quite enjoyed the the satire of it and being able to laugh at themselves. You know, that's in their that's another phenomenon though is the really faithful Mormon who plugs himself or herself into the wider culture by giving their faithful bona fides, but then saying, hey, I went and saw Passion of the Christ even though it's rated R and I have to recommend it for the following reasons, even though, you know, I've been a stake president or a bishop and et cetera, et cetera. That's something that Robert Millet did, for example, um, as part of kind of an interfaith outreach. He gives his Mormon bona fides and he says, you know, I'm going to give a good review of passion of the Christ. And for some people that was an outrage, but for others, it was, uh, kind of a signal that it's okay to reach out in particular ways or to explore culturally as long as these particular markers are in place. So I think that's kind of another category altogether is, is taking the subversive or the, the taboo and in particular instances trying to appropriate it into, into the culture as not necessarily as a means just to say, hey, this is actually funny or entertaining, but as a way to, to kind of demonstrate in their own way some, some kind of leadership. In saying, you know, we're not totally, utterly weird. We can connect to the wider culture. And that doesn't necessarily succeed all the time, but that's, I think that it's the same sort of phenomenon, whether it's seeing Passion of the Christ, which was a violent rated R film, which a lot of Mormons eschewed. But it's okay because it's Jesus. Yeah. And Book of Mormon musical is going to be okay because... It has Book of Mormon in it. It's about the Mormons (laughs) in some sort of fashion, right? Whereas there's other people that will say, no matter what... And these are the, the stark social markers. I will not see that movie on principle or I will not attend that play on principle. And that's, that's a social marker rearing its head. I do have to say, and this is going to make me like universally hated out here because <laughs> this is the ex-Mormon like sacred cow is this musical, right? But I went and saw it. Reddit, please forgive me before I say this. I went and saw it and I was like mortified. I hated it actually. And I was surprised. I didn't read about it. I didn't like, I don't like spoilers. So I didn't read anything about it. I didn't know anything about it. And I, I surprisingly, I know you guys don't believe this, but I can hand, I have a large thresh, threshold for humor and things like that. But I was sitting in there and it was like the first time I had ever experienced an entire room of people like laughing at Mormons. So that was hugely new for me. And I just was mortified. And the opening song, I believe, which is really crazy clever, had it have been performed in like a steakhouse, like a steak center. Jeez, I need to go back to church. (laughs) A steak center. uh, I think it would have been okay. It would have been hilarious. But like having them do it and have everybody laugh, I was just like, I got to get out of here. This is shocking and like terrible to have people laughing at us. I can't remember. Are you atheist? Do you believe in God? I do believe in God. Okay. I mean, I, I choose think that to that's the bigger problem that you may have had with Book of Mormon musical because when I watch it, I see very little Mormonism in, in it. I think it's more like I see a lot of evangelical. It's like evangelicals put some suits on, went to Africa, we got AIDS. You know, it's it's that kind of thing. I think they make fun of the whole God thing. A lot more than they are the whole Mormon thing. Isn't there a song that's like "F God"? Like, yeah. (laughs) And for somebody, and for somebody who's transcended that and moved on to it, it's funny. It's like, oh, yes, I can, I can do it. And that's what I think is the big difference between Mormon 
And I, I think a real dividing line is Mormon ex-Mormon is like, I love the Joe Rogan podcast and I love him because it's F this, it's smoke pot, it's do mushrooms. And for me, I just appreciate the comedy in it. I'm not getting held up by, oh, roadblock on, um, on, on word of wisdom, roadblock on That's uh, so naughty. the big yeah. C. You know, it's no, no problem. It's like, man, I think I could almost say it. But I'm not. Um, but I think that's the biggest difference is, is that you've let this stuff go and, and it, it is new eyes. And, and just as a little example, when I, when I go to a, a Mormon party now, it's very, it's very challenging because nobody wants to say anything that gets, is edgy. And, and you've got the guy who just joined the ward and you only invited him because he's your neighbor and you gotta be not too edgy. Whereas when I go out with friends, it's just, it feels so relaxed. It's like, hey, this is, this is me and I'm okay. I, I think that earlier comment about worrying about, um, uh, oh, my mind's gone. Whatever you said, I love New York. That was fantastic. <laughs> no, I think, I think what you're talking about is she was talking about, um, how serious things are kind of under the surface. So we can't, yes. yeah. And I feel like that that is a huge Mormon problem anyway. I mean, we have it in our history. We have it in our family dynamics. Nobody likes to talk about the hard thing, the real thing. And so we certainly don't joke about it. And, it, but if we do, it's like this layered sort of, um, subtle nod to yeah you know like utahns have a huge you know addiction to pornography and we're gonna laugh at that but but then i'm gonna go home and like read my scriptures and go to my bishop because i'm addicted to pornography right so not to make fun of anyone's personal experiences but i i do think that i don't i don't know help me articulate this well i think the persecution complex is wrapped up in all of this because like you know, Robert Millet or whoever it might be that rationalizes in whatever way for some higher purpose to consume whatever entertainment that might be, uh, widely ridiculed by, uh, Orthodox Mormonism. They, they kind of, uh, are fed by that. I feel maybe even more so than the hagiographic representations where they're like, oh, they're, you know, the scriptures said that we would be laughed at, ridiculed, persecuted. We've been driven from place to place. They love that. And so they, I think in a lot of ways, they like the musical, but they'll have to say that they're against it. I do think the church made the right choice by putting an ad in the program that said, you've seen the musical. Now read the book. It's better. Something like that. Mm -hmm. I think that was probably the best PR move the church has ever made. And kind of showed a sense of humor, right? Yeah. For once. (laughs) Well, I think it's funny that you, that you brought up kind of this being laughed at thing because like several groups throughout history have kind of had to take their, take their turn. And that's wrong. But, you know, I think Mormons are kind of taking taking our turn with kind of being but we're the, the true church truck. like we're not right. funny we're right. true yeah well see no. that's that's the thing right there it, the rationale is more important than the actual substance so like when you have this list of these clean comedians who even knows if they're funny that's exactly. not the point the point is is that they're clean and you can listen to them rather unthinkingly without having to wait on the edge of your seat and grip the table is he gonna is he gonna say the f word is he gonna be vulgar no you don't have to and worry about that and if he does that. like I remember 
because I actually really like stand-up comedy, but I remember laughing, going to a stand-up comedian show and, like, laughing at the guy, but then feeling so dirty after, be like, oh, man, like, I just don't have the spirit. I, I got to go, like, read the scriptures. But it was hilarious. It was so funny. And I do say, you know, South Park, I or the Book of Mormon musical, I know that I'm unique in this. I just feel like, for me, it was... It was a unique experience. I, I think that it was really well done. Like it was excellent and well written and well acted and well produced. But even like the turn off song, like it was brilliant, but it was so close to home for me because mm. I deal with so many like hurting, hurting Mormons. I was like, Oh, you guys don't know how sad this really is. So I, I think, um, I think that South Park is just a really good template to understand Mormons because Mormons do love South and ex Mormons. Love South Park, and I, there's probably got to be some sort of connection well, there. I think there's also, I mean, you know, Mormons and vicariousness proxy. You know, there's vicariousness going on when someone is up doing a stand-up routine, and you allow yourself to laugh at it. It's that person is being dirty in your place. Like you can't be dirty in your personal life, but you can laugh at that person that is, or you can watch that movie that's really violent or it contains a lot of sexual content. Um, because you're not actually participating in that. You're simply consuming it as a consumer. So I you think don't have a, to enjoy it. And if you do, you can repent for enjoying it. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like, it's, it's, um, Coke without the caffeine, right? As Zizek once said. So, you know, we're, we want the, the form of the thing without the substance. Um, and it's a way of, of basically having your cake and you need it too. But that's only for that one particular category of Mormons. I mean, Mormonism culturally is large enough that there are the Mormons that, won't even don't even want to partake of the form, right? Stay away from the form and the substance because they're evil. Uh, they're the not the social markers that will accept person X, Y, or Z into the community. Um, and there's no vicariousness whatsoever with that particular group. I just think it's fascinating that the things. I mean, it, it's really it's the swearing, it's the sex. Those are the things that that. You know, Orthodox Mormons would say that's what is offending the spirit. That's what's vulgar. And, but, you know, like you're saying, the racism or the talking about people with disabilities or, or, you know, other religions. Shaming Mormons think fat people are hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, Mormons, do you know what we eat? Good gravy. The worst food ever. Yeah. You eat good gravy? (laughs) A lot of it. That's a a great expression, Lindsay. So it was what are you not saying accidental. By that? Gosh, it's such a Mormon thing. Well, one to say. thing for me when when I was kind of growing up in being the only kind of black person usually in the in the room in the ward in the neighborhood, something that is a, a sociological term is um, code switching, and basically it's it's about your dialect and how you speak, and it's something that I do um, quite often, but I'm not. It's not conscious. I don't choose. I, I basically basically if you want to get down to what it, what people would describe it as. It's, it's your black talk, right? So it's, it's your black talk. It's your ghetto talk. And that's not something that I, in my mind, I say, this will sound funnier if I sound like a, a black person from inner city Chicago. Um, <laughs> but it's just something that happens because, because of my, my mixed, um, race, you know? So. When I would talk growing up, sometimes if I would get passionate about something or say something that was funny, this, you know, this little ghetto girl would rear her head and it would have people in stitches just thinking I was the funniest person in the world. And as I've kind of developed in my racial identity, I realized I don't know if I like that they think that's so funny 
Like, I'm not sure. Like, should I be offended at the fact that they think me talking, quote unquote, black is really that funny? Because there are people who talk like that all the time. And um, so, yeah, so it's just interesting seeing well, how racism is like not a big deal. I'm so but. glad you brought that up. And with the comment that you said earlier, um, I so my best friend is Polynesian. And I remember trying to be conscious, like I didn't want to be racist, but. I thought racist jokes were funny. And so having my friend be racist, my Polynesian friend, she's, she can make fun of her own race. It was hilarious for us because it kind of made, like, it was okay if, you know, someone of color made a joke and then we all laughed at it because we're like, oh good, we can finally laugh at a racist joke in front of them. It's so hilarious. But I think it was this sort of proxy joke. I mean, it was playing on the stereotypes we already had. So, um, if my friend, we called her my Lamanite sidekick, right? And she called herself, I know, it's terrible. It's so terrible. I have repented, I promise, for the rest of my Reddit, life. Reddit just blew up there, Lindsay. I know. The wrong kind of Reddit. But yeah. anyway, um, she would, she would call herself a Lamanite, and when she would do, when she would do things that we considered as, like, white Mormon kids, a stereotype of someone of color, it was hilarious. And we're like, yeah, see, we're cool too. Cause we're hanging with her and she can make fun of it. And it was terrible. And in a way she kind of, I mean, not only did we tokenize her, but she became the sort of token, um, I don't know, is the word like performing minstrel like that. It was just really, it's super offensive to look this back on This is making me it. sad. I know. There's nothing funny about <laughs> racism, Jacob. <laughs> Thank you, Lindsay. The, the other thing I want to talk about is Mormons have this thing with parodies. Okay, like I swear if you go on YouTube, there are more Mormon parodies, like like youth groups performing like modesty parodies of like Call Me Maybe or something than any other group out there. I swear it. Like Well, they have to find something to do on Monday nights for FHE. <laughs> yeah, and some of them are pretty good. And then there's this thing of like missionaries filming themselves singing. Have you noticed this trend? I've noticed that. Yeah. I filmed stuff I honestly on my haven't mission. noticed it and now I will have to. Everyone can go Google it and waste an yeah, hour of your I've, life. I've seen it. I filmed stuff on my mission, but it was 2003 before YouTube and everything. But well, yeah, like, them singing Sons well, of Provo. You had an actual video camera, right? Usually, yeah. to do it. Well, it was a digital camera, like a three megapixel that had video capability. Nice. So we just did dumb stuff. Now they have iPads, so think of the movies they can make. <laughs> yeah, and they do, and they do, and they make movies, and everybody it goes viral, and everyone talks about it, and it's. And out of context, if it wasn't a missionary doing it, it would be the lamest thing ever. But since it's missionaries, we're like, that's so cute. It's hilarious. They're missionaries. Everything they do is they hilarious. They untuck their shirt and put their tie up here like a bandana. It, yeah. It's right? Just, it's really weird. And and like I said, like modesty. Orson Pratt did that like, on his mission. So, yeah. so like, there, just carry on the so tradition. There's so many like, youth groups of boys like telling girls like, to be hot, like you can do this, and and then they pass it around to the girls to be like, see, this is what boys like. They like you to cover up. It's it's so hot when you cover up. <laughs> yeah, that's really the so message. The underlying message that's what it is. <laughs> I saw a well, modest is hottest T-shirt in Woodville, Wisconsin. When I broke down, it's a Norwegian town. When you in broke down emotionally or, or Wisconsin, and they were not Mormon. I've never been surprised. More surprised. Oh yeah, the modesty movement. I think is far exceeded LDS culture. However, I think LDS culture reigns in the number of like LDS businesses that cater to the modesty culture. Like knee we have the shorts. Most... Knee There's shorts. A, yeah. Bermuda shorts. Yeah, yeah. The place is called knee Capri shorts pants. in Orem. I 
You guys, I just barely got rid of like a bucket load of capri pants. It was like a big thing for me. Well, I was like, oh, people don't actually wear these just in my neighborhood. (laughs) But you live in like Erda or something, don't you? I do. I live out in Tula County. That's unincorporated. Yeah, it's true. Uh, Who even knows what it's like out there? Well, last year, the the big thing on YouTube, I don't know, maybe it was just big with BYU, was these guys who would just go up to women on campus and kiss oh, them. Oh, these are terrible. And, um, you know, they'd be like, can I kiss you? And some would be like, sure, yeah, like, whatever, it's fine. <laughs> and then there was, there was one woman who was like, no, and he kissed her anyway. And then she's like, you just rape kissed me. And everyone just laughed. And I was like, no, like, that's, that's not no, funny. You like, actually did. You, like, forced yourself yeah, on her. Yeah, like, that's not okay. And so it's just interesting how that became like huge and people just thought it was so funny with guys dressing up in Spider-Man costumes and dropping down from the balcony and kissing girls upside down and kiss me, I'm Irish and all with, sorts like, of... With no con- consent at all. Tell no. me this was 2002. Rape and culture is actually hilarious. Oh, see, I did it. I brought up rape. <laughs> no, <laughs> it was me. Okay, what, what time is it? <laughs> yep, I win. Is that uh, so, $5? In the- yeah, I need like a <laughs> rape jar. privilege jar. So, um, rape privilege jar. <laughs> No, it's a Let's thing call it on something Reddit, else, okay? Me. Can we not call it that? So, <laughs> I don't feel like we should be laughing about this right now. You're the only one laughing about it. No, so I think rape culture is hilarious to Mormons. Like, they think any, and it's romantic to Mormons, Fifty Shades of Grey. That's a whole d- different topic. But just sexism and the way that women are treated is hilarious. Um, I don't know. I don't have any other, like, rubric to test this with because I only grew up Mormon. But I, I always would hear, like, women get in the kitchen jokes. Women go make me a sandwich jokes. As if it was so funny. And I'm like, you guys, I've heard that one, like, 400 times. It's not that funny. But sexism is, like, hugely funny. The other thing I want to talk about is profit memes. Hmm. Anyone want to talk about profit memes? Like, Do you any- mean, like, when it's Thomas S. Monson did the ear wiggle thing? I actually and somebody on YouTube just like did it like did it like thirty times and it's so. <laughs> I think I gotta Google that now. Hallucinatory. <laughs> no, I'm talking like like Dieter Uchtdorf like fist bumps the other. Oh apostle. yeah, and they love. And then there's the funny captions that go along yeah. with it, right? It's like the funniest thing ever. I, I'm looking at. I I'm looking at one with po- Thomas Monson like pointing to the crowd, and there's like ten different captions for it. It's just I don't understand it. Did you not find it funny? Is that what you're saying? I don't. The caption on this one is, and I love you, random citizen. And he's pointing to the crowd. <laughs> that's, well, that's kind I of mean, funny. Anything is with, it, is it, is it, if, if is the it Lindsay? profit shows like one ounce of like being at all on anyone's level, human, human, then it's just like the best, the best thing ever. That's better. I think I would say what we actually see with Mormon humor is it's either recycling humor from somewhere else that say, like the, you know, hello to you to random citizen. That's from the movie Megamind. There's a superhero in that and somebody says he loved him. It's like, I love you too, random citizen. So it's funny when we put it over Thomas Monson because we could recycle something that was funny in its original context when Anyone else looks at this and they have no idea who this old white man is in a suit pointing at someone. The other thing that I remember is um, when I was a kid in the 90s growing up in Utah County, there was a comedian down there by the name of Johnny Biscuit. And he had his comedy club called Johnny B's. 
And it was Mormon safe because we're in the middle of BYU. And it was essentially self-depreciating humor that's funny because we know that we have the moral high ground so we can make fun of the quirks of our culture. But you can't make fun of us. Only we can. Right. So he was an insider. So it was an okay. But I think it's because Mormonism's or Mormons tend to not be able to completely socially mature as adults. They're kind of stuck at about the level of 12 year olds. And so coming up with That's why potty real... jokes are hilarious. Exactly. So coming up with real genuine Mormon humor is really difficult. Go watch any of the movies that the Hellstorm people guys have made and you'll see how they're supposed to be funny, but they're really not unless you are ingrained in the Mormon culture. You're trying to say singles word isn't funny? I was in singles second word. Exactly it's not funny, though. <laughs> wait, wait, the wait. I, I wait, know one of the producers. Up. Sorry, wait, George. There's a second one? Yeah. Nope. Why? <laughs> Why would you do that? Don't look this up on IMDb. That? It's not there. Oh, it's okay. Man. Will Swenson repented. It only screened and, once at the you know. Sarah. In Orem. Oh wow! Straight. What was your What was your role? I uh, well, I just ad libbed. Hippie Jesus. Dude. I just ad libbed myself. No, my hair was Justin Bieberish at that time. <laughs> if he still has the swoop, dumb haircut. Um, it there's this Wallsburg is near Deer Creek, and it's this condemned church that they film a lot of church scenes at, and so there's no AC, and it's really hot, and I was there just kind of as a favor. And so my brother and I started like ad-libbing bef- between scenes and they're like, oh, that's that's funny. So I just told the main character, I love you, Red, and get elbowed by the... It's dumb. It's one line. Don't watch it. <laughs> I think everybody's going to go watch Can it. Can we now. get it at, at he Clean He regrets Flicks? even mentioning it. I gave, <laughs> I, gave my one, I gave my one copy away for a white elephant gift. You were, you were a star I did in a hilarious <laughs> movie. That- uh, okay, one other thing I want to talk about is Elder Uchtdorf, right? Because the Silver Fox. Silver Fox. <laughs> he flies jets. I know. I've heard. So there's this thing called Feminist Ryan Gosling, right? Google it if you haven't heard of hey, it. Hey, girl. You remember mine, though, right? Yeah, yours were funny. Yours were I did, funny, I did Polygamous Jacob. Ryan I am, Gosling. I'm, they were funny. Look it up on Tumblr. PolygamousRyanGosling.tumblr.com. <laughs> so very Mormon it's, of us. It's pretty good, I have to admit. So... It started this thing like Ryan Gosling memes giving feminist theory. It was really funny. And then Mormons, of course, co-opted it. Like you said, Randy, we regurgitate without interpreting uh, humor. And we had this feminist or not feminist. It was just a Mormon Ryan Gosling. And so you can see him. And some of them are super inappropriate. But then someone thought it would be a good idea to do this with Uchtdorf. So there's all these like, hey, sister memes on. And I find them intensely creepy. Like, they're like the fact that we have this leader worship culture anyway. And then we have like this Uchtdorf fascination. And now it's like this Uchtdorf like man, child, like teenage girl love thing. It's really odd to me. I haven't seen it. Yeah, I haven't seen them. it. I'm going okay, to. Okay, yeah, Google. So Google to look it up. Yeah. Uh, there are so many Uchtdorf memes. It's not even funny, but this sort of hey girl Uchtdorf thing is a thing. And uh, what's funny about it, 
is nothing. There's nothing funny about it. What's strange about it? We're moving on. There's nothing funny about this man. <laughs> no, I mean like Mormons love this stuff. Like my grandma thinks that's funny, right? And I, I'm just well, like, I, I, you don't even know the context for my, this. I, I wonder. One theory might be that there is kind of an unspoken tension between your regular quote unquote member and church leadership. Because, of course, the church is, is quite authoritarian at all levels. And it's, I think it's a way to, um, temporarily ease some of that tension that one might feel, um, as someone who is basically subservient to that level of authority and to say, um, at least temporarily, you know, it's okay that I have this kind of a relationship with this person or this authority because I'm able to laugh at them in this particular way. And it's kind of a brief respite from that tension. Um, and I wonder if that's not something that's kind of at play. Because yeah, otherwise, because I mean, my mom like would... on the level of, like you said, Randy, a 12-year-old, like, let's put a picture oh, sure, of him sure. up in a room and make... It's incredibly immature. And the fact that it points to that tension in the first place shows some deep-seated problems. Um, but I'm thinking of my mom would do the, probably do the same thing where in, in one breath she would probably say something about how she adores Dieter Uchtdorf and these are the conference so talks that dreamy. she, she, mm-hmm. uh, really relates to and that she's felt the spirit in. But at the same time she'd look at this meme five seconds later and she'd say, oh, that's really funny. And so she'd have adoration as well as snickering coming out of both sides of her mouth. And I wonder if she, if that's not some way for, for, you know, people that would find that funny to relieve some of that unspoken tension um, in the authoritarian religious structure that that is the LDS church. Oh, I definitely think so. I, th- I think humor, I mean, humor is a coping mechanism, right? Sure. I mean, I use humor in air quotes because I don't find this funny at all. And that's, and that's but, definitely, I mean, it's, that's culture wide. That's not just a Mormon thing, right? It's a very oh, human sure. thing. Cause you know, yeah. Randy talked about like only the insiders are allowed to laugh. Well, that's a very, each culture has that dynamic, right? Well, and that's the thing, like, so feminist Ryan Gosling is sort of insider to fem- those who understand feminist theory, right? Yeah, but it's taken yeah. off enough that people understood it. But the Uchtdorf memes are not funny at all. Like, they're just not funny. But they're funny because it's Uchtdorf. I mean, so I was just Googling it while we talked to see, and apparently there's a tum- a Tumblr. There's uchtdorfthesilverfox.tumblr.com. Oh, no. Of so I'm going to read to you some of these, okay? Hey, sister. I peeked into the Relief Society room to get a look at your centerpiece. Another masterpiece. Bada bomb. Ching. <laughs> what? Oh, that was it. Wait, no, no, no. There's more. Oh, good. Hey, sister. Are those sexy pantyhose that you're wearing with that pink skirt? Like, that's not I even funny. Like and then here's one that I would have written like 10 years ago. Hey, sister. Want to visit my cockpit? And he's like in an airplane. Like, Whoa. whoops. <laughs> oh. Awkward silence. <laughs> kind of my- <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, I just don't... Does anyone else want to cry right now? I, that's bad. <laughs> I mean, I might my little turn on, like, I can't Please tell. stop, please stop. If they made I... some about, like, Packer, I might laugh, but I'm like, come on, Uthorf, you should be made, My friend Geraldine made uh, Grumpy you... Packer, Grumpy Cat Packer block spot. You gotta Google that, that's well, hilarious. It sounds like a cat choking on gravel. So-called scholars, feminists... <laughs> okay, that's kind of funny. I'll I also do Cartman. <laughs> I did see a good Mormon meme once. It was not <laughs> once. 
it it just said and it just had a random guy and it, it said i'm too high to collab <laughs> <laughs> so that one that is and it had a drug reference probably not even created by a mormon that's the, yeah that's, that's the irony. I, i'm pretty sure since it didn't use todd christopherson <laughs> as the backdrop yeah so i don't know i i feel like Okay, so that said, we've been critical. I actually I, find Mormon humor funny. Really? I, I find it funny in a different way. And to kind of bridge um, what Randy said and what you just said, I think that um, they're... Jeez, I've already forgotten where I was going. Um, they're not funny. They're not original. They can only recycle. And so when they have to come up with something original, like the Ukdorf thing, they can't. It falls flat. And... I, I don't know. They're Is there just any unwilling... funny, like, original Mormon joke out there, I'm wondering? I, I give you the, the funniest Mormon one. Jo- that was funny. It's not even a Mormon joke. It's from a Mormon movie. Does anybody remember the movie F- Phone Call? Oh, from the 1970s? From the 1970s oh. with the proto-screech geek that works at that's what's a, now that's Ripples. That's a masterpiece. Seriously. My f- the, probably the funniest thing that I've ever laughed at is when he's trying to pick up on the girl... <laughs> And he says, I play the bassoon. It's like a balloon, but with S's. <laughs> As if telling her how to spell it <laughs> is the key to her heart. You had to be there. That's the funniest thing to me about Mormonism is the naivety and like, this is going to work. Like, this is funny to me. <laughs> this I is clean. This is going to go over well. This is clean and that's all that matters. Laugh. And then, yeah. And sanitized snippets that like s'mores are only good at a campfire they don't make sense anywhere else like um i hate how name dropish this is going to be but when i met thomas s monson before oh, he... no. <laughs> what did you just say he attended you my who? cousin's wedding oh my gosh <laughs> he did Do you want to go out on a cake date? was eaten yeah no but so i i wear bracelets because of trichotillomania Try to Google that. Um, Could you explain what that is? It's a compulsion to rip hair out. I'll show it to you after. Oh. To rip your own hair. So out, right? I, I wear bracelets. So whatever. I I shook his hand and and he told this dumb story that was supposed to be funny that had a punchline like that and I could tell that it's his go to story for somebody that looks alternative and he's just trying <laughs> to be cool. He's like, all right. When I was a boy, like, here's my bracelet story, <laughs> and it, and it's just this overcompensation to try to be in the club. I'm cool. I get it. I'm, I'm with you. And, and the reason I laughed is because how <laughs> yeah. ridiculous it was. And then he went and told other stories. I remember one that is genuinely funny that was told in. In conference, or might have been a priesthood session. I think it was Everett, Ezra Tap Benson. I think I heard it on my mission, but he was just talking about the restoration. How up until Joseph Smith's time, there was been little change in technology, and since the restoration, all these technologies have taken place. Now we have cars and planes and all this uh, stuff that we didn't have before, and we have planes that can, you know, allow general authorities to go all around the world in order to uh, teach the gospel and, and work with other members of the church. He goes, but since we're nice, we also let other people use the planes too. 
<laughs> and I'm sure, like, the whole room, like... That's not bad. Erupted. Erupted. That's the thing. Okay, so that brings us to another point. If if a general authority makes any sort of, like, funny you little quip... Stop. You laugh. <laughs> yeah, you laugh. You laugh. Everybody laughs. It's like it's the funniest thing, and they go, oh, yeah. he's so cute. And they do the smile with the oscillation of the head before. So you're like, oh, that's the cue to laugh. We've got to do it. The whole it's, body turn, right? Yeah. No neck turning. Just and It's like the kids in high school who are sucking up to their math teacher that can't make good jokes, but he thinks he's really hilarious, right? You know you have to laugh because these people are important and you need to have their attention and their approval, so... Well, not just that. Like to see them act like a human being, you're like, "Oh my gosh, she was a human being today. Isn't that great?" <laughs> or do you remember in conference when ever um, I think it was Elder Irene who was talking, and he said something, and everyone laughed, but it wasn't supposed to be funny. It was like about his like dead mom or something <laughs> like that, and and everyone just started laughing, and he was like, eh. and then he was like started like crying, and then everyone was like. Holy crap! What like, have we done? What, we what just have we laughed done? at the wrong time, and it was just hilarious because it was like, really, like you're gonna you're gonna laugh about the guy's dead mom or what? It was just you could, I don't know why everyone laughed, but you could hear everyone in the conference center just kind of erupt in this kind of snicker, and you're like, that was because pain to be is funny. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> no, we were just at. I just went to the Lion House to do a tour, and this is not against these sweet sister missionaries because they were just reading the script. But, and listen, I like a pun as well as the next guy. Like, I really like puns. I'm like Maybe a, a 98 year old in my body because like, I think puns are hilarious, but we were standing there and they were showing us pictures of Brigham Young and they're like, and this is Brigham Young and this is Brigham old. And I, and I, oh, I didn't catch it. And she was like, and this is Brigham Young and this is Brigham old. And I was like, Oh, the script says that's laugh funny. here. <laughs> and she was like, yeah, yeah, sorry. That's a joke that we tell. I'm like, yeah, I got it. I got it. But I think, I feel like uh, <laughs> those are. Cry again. Like there are some really clever things you could make fun of Mormonism with. And you could argue maybe South Park does that. Uh, but Mormons don't, don't do that. Because humor can be a little bit risque and edgy. But all we want are the clean, funny, like, puns and, you know, things that are super, super safe. Puns are safe. Puns are hilarious. But Brigham Young, Brigham Old, I'm looking at that right now. Just yeah. it's not that funny. Uh, well, I've thought about this a lot. And I feel like that humor has to be based in truth in order for it to be really funny. And that's why we see Mormon humor even from the inside of it, as, like, kind of odd, because, like, it's not really saying anything. It's not really... The really funny stuff, like, makes observations, like, you know, like those videos of people's impersonations of prophets. Like, those are kind of funny, because that's what they'd sound like. And so I feel like since a lot of Mormon people aren't willing to talk about, like, you know, talk about the church in a negative or humorous connotation, that... The humor can't be based in anything true, so it's not really funny. It's not really like a life observation. And so that's why it kind of falls flat a lot of times and is kind of empty. Yeah, I, I agree with that. There is, I think there is a connection between – I mean, when you look at Louis C.K. do his bit, it's not even really a bit. I mean, he's just saying things about the world, like making observations about the world. And it's not like he's saying these these scientifically, objectively true observations, but he's – He's talking about 
people and relationships and his connection to his kids and his family and people that he runs into. Um, and he doesn't really even do it in a format that a typical stand-up comedian would do it. And he's just making observations yet. People find him uproariously hilarious. Um, but at the same time, they also find him to be uh, kind of a, kind of a comedy sage in a sense where he's this wise person making true observations about, um, living the kind of life that he lives in, in the United States of America. Um, and I, so I think that's true that to the extent that Mormons want to not speak in humorous ways about the bedrock things that they believe in, then, then it will fall flat and it will sound very recycled. But I guess it kind of depends too, because like in my circle of social media friends, such as they are, um, when we humorously comment on some of those bedrock beliefs um, and historical events, etc., um, they can be quite funny. And they penetrate really, really deeply, I think. Because humor, it, it, it speaks in a way that probably no other medium really can. It allows you to speak with someone particularly who isn't, doesn't necessarily agree with you in a way that's very non-confrontational if it's done in a particular sort of way. I mean, you can be really offensive to that person as well in making fun of their beliefs or, or speaking about something that's taboo in a very lighthearted way. But. And Mormons are passive aggressive. This and is humor true. can be very passive aggressive. Sure, Lindsay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, uh, I mean, it, you know, the, the Who Framed Roger Rabbit, when Roger Rabbit is telling Eddie, um, and I don't remember the exact line, so I'm going to completely butcher it, but the essence of it is, how was he able to get through to this other guy who was previously antagonistic? And it was because he was able to touch him through humor. He was able to take something that um, normally would cause antagonism and arguing between the two of them and, and essentially build a bridge. And humor can, if it's employed directly, do something like that. I've done that myself with people in my ward and other Mormons, people in my family, that um, we would otherwise disagree vehemently about certain things. If you're able to kind of frame it in a somewhat humorous way, it builds bridges where nothing, no bridges could possibly have been built before. But unfortunately, it's a learned art that so many Mormons don't have an appreciation for. Um, and when that's the case, it falls flat. Well, when we're given hilarious templates like Singles Ward <laughs> for humor, it makes sense that we're not always really good at it. <laughs> my my grandma has has a joke that she thinks is very funny and loves to tell, and it and it's very simple. It's just that she says, "I really don't believe that when Brigham Young got to the Utah Valley, he he said, this is the place,' but he said." This is the place? Like, are you sure, God? <laughs> and just because of her loathing of Utah, yet she's just this, you know, pioneer stock, you know, dedicated member. But her loathing of Utah, and especially what it was back then, this vast desert. Um, yeah, so that's one she, she likes to tell. And, and I, and I think it's good for, for a little laugh there. I, I laughed. I'd like your grandma. Your grandma can hang. Yeah, she's pretty, she's all right. She she's can right. hang. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I think that's all the time we have. So we're going to go ahead and end, but uh, thanks for coming on, and we've given you lots of Google material. You just go on Pinterest and type in Mormon humor if you want to waste your afternoon. Or uh, you can listen to this podcast again where we make terrible jokes. Do you guys want to end on your favorite joke? Do you guys have a favorite joke? 
No. Can I tell one? Sure. You clearly thought about this. This No, I didn't. It just came to me when you were telling me your grandma's joke. This is the best joke I've ever heard. A sadist and a masochist are in an elevator. Have you heard this joke? Have you guys heard this joke? It's a fantastic joke. So a sadist and a masochist are in an elevator. And uh, the sadist says, oh, sorry, the masochist says to the sadist, hit me, hit me hard. And the sadist says, no. (laughs) That's my joke. It's really funny. You have to think about it. Okay. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's hilarious. I'm sorry, but it is. You had Randy, to be there. Randy, don't scratch your in head. In the elevator. Apparently, my delivery has some trouble. But anyway, we thank everybody for listening. Uh, go ahead and try to support the podcast by leaving a donation at uh, whitefieldseducational.org. And thank you for listening to mormonexpression.com. Is there anything else? It's been a while. I'm a little rusty. If anybody wants to contribute to Beehive Bugle, go to beehivebugle.com, read our stuff, contribute. Jacob? I I I will contribute at some point. Okay, cool. Do you have anything you want to plug? I think that's what he meant. That I want to plug? No, I have no no plugging material at this moment. You know what? I didn't mean it like that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) No plugs here. (laughs) All right. Thanks, everybody. Good night. The Mormon Expression Podcast is recorded live before a studio audience in Salt Lake City on Tuesday nights at 6.30. Come down and join the audience, take part in the podcast, and meet John and the panelists. The Mormon Expression Podcast is produced by the Whitefields Educational Foundation. Visit us online at whitefieldseducational.org to find out about our counseling services and other special events.